Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. How's it going? I want to hear how everyone's Friday is going right now. Rudo, starting with you and the new haircut. Uh, my new chair got here, so I have to put it together still, so that's exciting. Uh, my hair still still terrible, but it's not here, so that's good. Your hair is still terrible and not here? Is that yeah. what you're saying? My hair is in the trash can where it belongs, so, <laughs> so we're good with that. <laughs> I hear you. That hair was a national treasure. So. Yeah, I really liked the lettuce. <laughs> well, give it eight months and it'll be back. I got to tell you, the memes that were being created by Av's Twitter based on your chair were hilarious. <laughs> it, it's got a mind of its own back here. It's barely a chair these days, but, you know, it exists. Okay, Drew, how's your Friday going? It's all right. <laughs> we, we had a very solid gamer podcast this morning. Enjoyed that. Uh, and I've spent almost all the time between now and then looking for a credit card I haven't used in months because I had to put a pause on my debit card because somebody hacked my PlayStation account, oh, bought a no. bunch of games that I have no intention of playing. So it's been a frustrating Friday. I'm all wound up. I'm ready for a fight. So we're oh, we're talking superstition. Stamp. And AJ is not here. Never mind. That's the only time where it's feisty is when AJ's here and we're talking superstitions. Harrison, how's your Friday going? Great. Just got done with a very uh, a very stressful states draft over yeah. on the DMVR Nuggets podcast. So, did you guys? Dis- were you not allowed to draft Colorado? I haven't seen the final verdict, but yeah, Colorado was just kind of like the free bingo space you get in the middle. Because it would have been all of our number one picks anyway. And whoever would have gotten Colorado probably would have just run away with the entire draft. Right. So we took Colorado out of it. Makes I like sense. that. Makes Smart. sense. Ryan, how's your Friday? Watching the Masters? Watching the Masters and trying out the Ooh. brand new uh, Juice Drop IPA from Breckenridge Brewery in one of these sweet oh. Broncos country glasses. Which Those are just- sweet. This is sick, but uh, it's not the actual right beer for the glass, but the new Juice Drop IPA, it's citrusy, it's smooth, it's got a little haze to it, as you can see. It's real nice. The can is really cool. Um, Watching on the live stream can see it. The can is really cool. Um, But speaking of one of our partners, let's talk about WGT Golf. How did everyone do last week? Because I didn't do well. (laughs) Um, And this week is the Masters, but no worries. We're still doing closest to the hole, which I feel like gives everyone, even if you're not too good at the game, a fair shot at winning some awesome prizes like the Cup Ryan just held up. Starting this Friday through Sunday, we will be hosting the DNVR Masters. Is that how you say it? Or how did Spencer say it the other day? Spencer, Spencer said the DNVR misters. <laughs> <laughs> the DNVR misters. All country clubs can participate and better yet, anyone can win. Like I mentioned, all you have to do is join the DNVR three clubhouse. If you haven't played, head to Pinehurst Golf Course and enter into the closest hole challenge. Submit your screenshot on our pinned Twitter thread on DNVR underscore sports or email them um, to info at the DNVR.com. Once you've entered, we will choose a random winner each week to pick out a DMVR shirt of their choice mask, and we'll ship it to you. We will be hosting a new course every week leading up to Christmas, and winners are picked every Monday. You've got nothing to lose. Come hang out. Come play. It's a frustrating game, but I'm, like, addicted to trying to get better at it. So, Uh, you know. Sounds like golf. I just checked. DNVR 3 is officially full. Oh! Oh. Hey, let's go! So... You're going to have to join. <laughs> Chug it, Drew. You won't. <laughs> uh, oh, you'll have to join bad. DNVR4 when you DNVR4. sign up. DNVR4. All right. Yeah. It looks like we're going to have to create a DNVR4. So look out for that. We'll have to let Lindsay and all the other people know so we can create that for you ASAP. But whoever is in DNVR3, I personally think that's the best country club. So um, we lucked out. That's the You're, one I'm in. Yeah, no, it's all about DNVR1, the OGs. Uh, I like DMVR 3. I couldn't join DMVR 1 because somehow I went into a simulation and had to play a bunch of like, I had to play like 50 games before I was allowed to join a clubhouse. It was a very big mistake because it was really frustrating. Um, 
I got the practice, so I guess that's they all wanted that to see what type of what type of yeah. clubhouse member you were. Exactly. If you were a DNVR one type of player, DNVR two type of player, DNVR three type of player. It's like it looks- the sorting hat. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis guy. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. And that's when I will open my new beer. Oh, I was really worried that was going to explode. Ooh, that is hoppy. That is an IPA for sure. That's good. I got to get one of those so bad. Drew, which one are you drinking right now? I got the Hot Peak IPA. I got the old school, old IPA. Uh, the hot you guys on that PS5 stuff when I'm still over here on my PS4 situation. <laughs> Good way to describe it. Hey, you know, the Hot Peak is an essential member of the RK special. So I was thinking, though, like, what if I got to try it with the new beer oh. with the Strawberry Sky to see if that's a if that's a vibe. Interesting. Well, we'll have to see. All right. Today we are talking superstitions. It's Friday the 13th in 2020. Last Friday the 13th was in March, and that was the day we were supposed to full-on launch the bar, and then the world shut down. So you know what? Let's try and make this Friday the 13th a little better. (laughs) So there's plenty of time left in the day. (laughs) That's true. We're going to touch all the wood we possibly can. Um, And then we're going to dive into a little bit of the NBA draft, um, what it's like for basketball, the NBA, to be drafting with a college class that wasn't able to fully finish their season last year, um, and talk a little bit more about the other drafts and then some Broncos and college talk like always. But first off, it's Friday. It's casual Friday. We're going to start off with superstitions. Harrison, is there one superstition that stands out to you in your mind from your entire life? Uh, no, I have zero superstitions. Like, to be totally honest. What? I'm like the least superstitious person you, you like might find. I don't believe in it. I don't buy into it. Um, so we've got another aging. Like, uh, other, other than like a free throw routine when I was like playing basketball. Uh, very few superstitions. Okay. Well, that's a bummer to start with you. <laughs> yeah, you should have started with me. <laughs> So, okay, no superstitions. That's interesting. You just don't believe in them. You don't think you need them. You don't believe in, like, luck. You think it just happens with hard work yeah. and dedication? Um, I think everything happens for a reason. And, uh, and sometimes that reason is the couch cushion you're sitting on. <laughs> and I don't think my superstition is going to change it. No. Yeah. Although I will, I will say, though, uh, when the Nuggets were in the heat of their 3-1 comeback, um, I think I was standing up for like the entire game seven of the jazz series. And, uh, I was, I was into standing up for, for the rest of the playoff run. I will say that. That is a superstition. Yeah, that counts you're, you're for sure. It a little bit. I mean, when your team, when the team's doing well, you're like, okay, anything that I can do to stay, I tweeted out, I moved spots. And then after that, that was probably the worst thing I could tweet, um, during the abs playoff run i was like okay guys i switched spots hopefully this brings some good juju and they scored and they took the lead and then everyone was tweeting at me like you cannot move you're you have to sit there for the entire rest of the playoffs i was like guys i don't think i can do that (laughs) but i did but i did i did what i had to do until i left on vacation (laughs) okay (laughs) rudo what is and then they lost hey that wasn't because of us Okay, Rudo, what is your superstition? I feel like 
I feel like there's a lot in hockey. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm superstitious, just a little stitious. Um, I love it. It Charlie Blackman style. In hockey, I I never really had any big like pregame things, and I didn't play that much hockey as a kid. But the one I always liked is one being the last person off the ice, and two being the jerk that you're the last person off the ice. And before you get off, you shoot the puck all the way down the ice into the other team's net. <laughs> and this yeah. has caused quite a bit of controversy in hockey over the years, because really? one, there's almost someone like this on every single team. So people will have to like fight it out for who's the actual last person on the ice. And people will like come back out onto the ice and get in the way to keep people from shooting the puck into their net. They should do that. I be, I think that's the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct procedure. Yes, they, they're going about this the correct way. But I don't want to steal Drew's thunder because I played a lot of baseball growing up. And my favorite superstition was not ever talking to the pitcher if he had a perfect game going. Like that dude had his whole own section of the dugout if he had a good game going. Yeah. The perfect game superstition, like not being able to even say it, talk about it, is like so intense because you get the notification and then people are like, oh, just seeing an ESPN send out a notification. I hate the notification. It, I hate, I hate the, the notification. Too. It goes against it. But then you're like, oh, this is, oh, okay, let me just show you what is happening. Like, it's it, just you, everyone feels like, oh, I can't say it. I can't say it. You can't. Don't. You just can't Stop say it. it. You, you can. Point, you can point it out without yeah. saying it. Zero hits, right. zero walks. Yeah. But you just like, like I remember one time, like Drew Goodman played it right, and he was like, uh, "If we could get a shot of the scoreboard, please, we've got something special going on here." And like they just like zoomed in on the part on the scoreboard where it said zero hits. I'm like, that's how it's done. Like, yeah. like then if if like Bleacher Report or whoever wants to send out notifications, the notifications should just say like. You might want to turn on the Rockies game. Something <laughs> cool is happening. Totally. <laughs> like those that that stuff like legitimately bothers me. And I know that it probably shouldn't, but it's it's just one of those things. Like I'm I don't really believe in superstitions, but I do believe like in energy and mm. the energy in a room, the the vibes in a room, the vibes in a stadium. I'll give you actually I think the best argument. For this, by the way, go watch the 30 for 30 documentary on Steve Bartman and the way the Chicago Cubs and on one play and the energy in Wrigley Field changed and the way that team then ended up losing that series. Like, so I do believe that, like, at the very least, you do not tell the pitcher he's got a no hitter. Mm. Like, uh, some people I get yeah. where a lot of journalists have gotten to the point where they're really defensive about this. Like, I can talk about there being a no hitter. I don't have any control over what's going on in the game. And you know That's what? AJ. Fair enough. AJ, if you're um, watching, we know that that would be you. <laughs> the, the notification <laughs> thing, though, where it's literally like, let's get thousands of more people paying attention to something that to <laughs> me, it's like, ah, you're changing the energy. You're changing the energy of the situation. You're literally like, oh, I, I hate that so much because no hitters in perfect games are so rare. And baseball is a game where so much of it is out of your control. So whatever you believe luck is fate luck the fates can you turn those things in your favor it's very difficult not to be a little stitious in baseball because <laughs> so much of it is is outside of your control so you want to talk about a no hitter fine but you will never see a ball player walk up to his pitcher in the seventh inning go nice no hitter you're working on there pal no matter how <laughs> unsuperstitious they may tell themselves they are They'll never do that because you don't change the energy of of the thing. And it's so difficult to do. And I feel like you if you're on that field, you everyone knows it. You just feel it like you're saying mm -hmm. the energy like you already know that your pitcher is in their head, like thinking about this. You don't want to add that like extra stress because everyone feels it. I mean, when a perfect game is going on, you feel the energy on third base shortstop, like making those extra plays really diving to get things done so that it keeps going and keeps going. And so I feel like, like you said, it's just like an unwritten rule all in there, especially on the team being like, nope, 
no one what, say anything. What qualifies as a superstition? Because Harrison talked about like a free throw routine, and it's all right. That's short enough. That's repeatable enough. But that's not about, even superstition. That's just but, like. But like, what about routine? Yeah. Yeah. What about Nomar having like a thirty-five part setup to like his step into the batter's box? <laughs> yeah, like... I think. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready for pitch two. Right. Like, <laughs> I feel like, oh, and then Tapia does his little like bouncing of his elbows while he's. Yeah, that's just ready. routine. Um, Garcia Parra's just got absolutely out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, but would someone you think needed to talk to him about that. Includes, it makes it more of a superstition if it's something like mental like that, like that I need to do this exact thing over and over and over again not just like a routine of just like okay this is how i like get loose and feel good about shooting my free throw like it's a mental thing like he needs to do that every single time before he swings i feel like that makes it a little more of a superstition there there might be some superstition involved in it but like any coach uh of baseball or for you know and more in my experience golf will tell you like you have to have a pre-shot routine because it's just like set it, it's just like firing off certain sensors in your brain that are like, oh right, okay, we're working up to that thing we do, mm-hmm. and it just you know it just gets you more in the zone. So I think Garcia Parra might have had a little bit of superstition what? involved in his, but in the end, like those routines are really important for mental preparation. I mean, what's the difference from a superstition then? Any like funky pre game thing you do is just getting you in the mindset of it's going to be a good game, right? Like, I think it, what, where the line is drawn is like, are you actually a part of it or not? Like, my superstition of like wanting to like change seats if the juju is bad, like, that's not me like mentally preparing for the Buffs to score more points. So what about, like, taking the same – like, I know ball players who will take the exact same route to the ballpark every single time. Mm, yeah, that's I, yeah. superstition. Um, but it that's also – That's a fine line to root yeah, yeah. yeah. That's also routine. It's routine preparation as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think you can write it really off as breaking. either one. We're really going yeah. deep into this, guys. We're really, <laughs> like, the, trying to nail down. analysis. <laughs> okay, it, Ryan, do you have a superstition – I'm superstitious about everything. <laughs> um, literally everything. Like, if there's a way to be superstitious about it, I am that. Um, whether that comes to, like, where I watch a game, what seat I watch a game, when I'm watching that game, the shirt I wore. Uh, I wore my black diehard Nuggets shirt for every elimination game they played. You and Adam. Yep, and, and, and Adam. We kind of got the juju going, and you just – why would you mess with that? Like, my whole thought on it is, like, I don't know if I don't know if it actually affects anything. Although I'm I'm a believer that you know you can change. The, <laughs> it definitely uh, doesn't affect anything, right? I hate to break it to you. No, dude, I believe I, hate I believe to break it, it to you. Everything affects everything. Um, so I, I just you know I like it's that. one of those I want things that like shirt. Yeah. Everything affects everything. I actually really like that. If you can, if if I can do my little part, I'm gonna at least try whether it works or not. Um, Ryan, you can even tell the story of why you think the Rockies went on a downward spiral after a loss to the Dodgers. It's not why I think that. It is why. <laughs> um, I'm always down to blame D-line. That's all I'm saying. Yes. We're watching the Rockies game. They're about to beat the Dodgers. And uh, we're no, all watching. I think it was in the fifth inning. We, they were winning. Oh, no, no, no. And no, then Brandon not, left. No, it was so not the fifth inning. It was the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs. And the Rockies were winning. I, I think it was the Dodgers, but it might have actually been the Giants. doesn't matter. Right before the, – the bar is pretty full. It's like a Friday night. And D-line says, I want to go downstairs and celebrate with the people when they win. And I'm like, whoa, whoa no, you cannot do that. Like, you have to stay here. And he's like, no, I'm going. And I was like, dude – if you do that, they're going to lose. And uh, he was stubborn. He did it. They lost. And the Rockies were never the same after that. Never. I'm pretty sure it was Brandon and Eric. And I think yeah. Eric might have gone first. And then they went into um, the 11th inning. And then uh, Brandon was like, oh, okay, they're going to win. I got to go downstairs. And Ryan's like, do you not, did you not just see what had happened? Like, they lost. Yeah, they Wade were Davis gave up they a home run right after he left. 
And yeah, and then they lost. And then it's, Ryan was seriously upset with them and didn't talk to them as we left the bar. Yeah, I st- I, uh, I angry stormed out of the bar. <laughs> it was it was very interesting. I was like, oh, oh wow, okay, that intense. All right. Um, the Rockies just have weird energy about them. On was it after draft the NHL draft day where AJ and I sat around and watched the game and the Rockies hit a grand slam against the Dodgers in that game. Mm-hmm. And AJ and I were both like, yeah, but they're still going to lose. Right. You just know. No, yeah. The, Rock- know. the Rockies need every single superstition, every single routine to, yes. to, to go their way for them to have a chance. They, they need all the help they can get. That's why we can't be moving around seats in the bottom of the ninth for two outs. Um, I also, um, on the way, uh, on the way to my best round of golf of my life, which still stands to this day, um, I was in high school and I had to swing by the post office to like pick up something that I had ordered. Um, and I ended up playing the best round of my life, shot one under par. And the next like 20 golf rounds I played after that, I just drove by the post office <laughs> on my way to the golf oh course. <laughs> Eventually the order ju- the same thing every time. <laughs> Eventually the, uh, the juju wore off. Maybe that was the problem. I didn't actually pick up the same that's item. The there you say. go. There oh you my go. goodness. That, that's, that's the reason why. That's why I'm not playing in the masters right now. Golf <laughs> checks out. Okay. My, I don't feel like I, I'm not superstitious before a game. Like, I like wearing um, the gear. I do all that. But during the game, like, let's say I'm watching the same TV and the buffs are just losing and losing and losing. I'm like, all right, we're at a bar. I'm going to switch and look at this TV now just to see, just to sprinkle a little. Who knows if that's going to help at all. And then, like, with the Avs, they kept winning when I was wearing my 2001 old school shirt. So then of course, after the first game that that happened, Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep wearing that. Um, Mm -hmm. But that, I don't feel like before a big game, I'm superstitious until during the game that I'm like, Oh, okay. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to, Oh, they scored when I was in the bathroom. All right, let's go to the bathroom. Maybe something will happen. Oh, I'm Um, also uh, very superstitious when it comes to betting. Like don't text me about a bet winning before it's actually won. Andre knows all about this. Um, (laughs) Don't mess with, do not mess with fate because if you give fate, you know, if you give the betting gods a chance, they will screw you over. <laughs> um, so the one thing I, I'll allow, I talked about this on bets the other day, is you can send one emoji. Um, but no, <laughs> it, it can't have any context. Like you can just, like, like if the team, like if the team you bet on is up by like 35 and they only need to cover seven, like you can just send an eyes emoji. That's allowed. For me, I don't like to say that the game is over before it's over because I oh, yeah. I have such terrible experience. I don't know if that's just being a Buffs fan, an Eagles fan. Like, it just, I don't believe it. I'm scarred. The game is not over until it's fully over because you do not know what's going to happen. I mean, we can look back to that Avs game where it wasn't Kadri who scored point one seconds left like you don't know what's going to happen i don't I'm care if they're up by a lot do not and my brothers will do that my brothers will be like oh it's one i'm like are you're watching the eagles do you know them like <laughs> no it's not done there's like the same with the buffs game there's like seven minutes left and my brother's like oh the bets won we're good and i'm like no Every like major sports meme is like twenty eight to three. The yeah. Warriors blew yep, a three one exactly. lead. Right. <laughs> but I, I blame that the, more um... on being scarred from my teams rather than being superstitious. <laughs> in uh, in twenty sixteen, the Rockies had one of the worst bullpens they've ever had. Uh, and which is saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. What's actually impressive, and not a lot of people know this, in twenty seventeen they had one of the best bullpens they've ever had. Which isn't um, saying a that, lot. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it is. When you look at this, I know it's an easy joke to make, and we can all. But I've done very, very hard research like, yes, on this. Yes, but no. I know. Uh, I've spent the last four weeks crunching these numbers. I'm like, but no, no, they're actually. But uh, and so I don't. I, I think this probably does count as superstition. But one of the things I stopped doing was writing. Uh, the the game recaps, you know, getting getting ready the 
<laughs> like any kind of potential spoiler or whatever mm. you might call it in yeah. a game recap. Uh, you know, I write up uh, to this day now, just as the game is going on, because baseball games are three and a half to four hour long affairs. We try to get you the recap pretty quickly after, you know, I'll write the action of the game entirely in language that you can't necessarily know. I don't want to, I don't want to start acting like, again, I don't believe that me writing like, uh, you know, Gray had a phenomenal performance that, that I'm going to then, you know, impact the outcome of the game. It's just that in 2016, there were so many times I wrote about starting pitcher did awesome. Nolan Arenado or Charlie Blackman did something amazing. And oh, damn it, never mind. None of that ended up mattering. Let me delete all of Let me that. delete everything <laughs> that I wrote. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I just don't write. Uh, in, in my recaps now. So I don't, yeah, I don't know if that counts as superstition, but I'll wait till that final out is recorded. Especially say, in baseball, there's literally no lead that is safe. Like that's not yeah, even right. just like a figure of speech. Like there's literally no lead that is safe in baseball. <laughs> right. The One of the most famous sayings at Yogi Berra, it ain't over till it's over. It's the reason that it comes from baseball. Like as long as you've got an out remaining, you have got life, you have got hope and the other team can and potentially will screw it up. We've seen the Rockies come back from what down eight, eight in the bottom of the ninth yeah. against the Cardinals. Yeah. Seth Smith on the walk off. Jason yep. Giambi getting involved. And that's yep. why overtime, like, or not overtime, like extra innings in baseball, you're just like, oh, especially when you hit 15, 16, you're like, anything no. could happen. One of the, yeah. That's the best like sporting event ever in ridiculous tier extra innings where like they start to pitch their shortstops and stuff and they're like, <laughs> Who even knows? <laughs> oh, good. Can you imagine in football if like it went the overtime went on for so long that like the kicker came in to be the quarterback? Like that's basically what we get to see. Right. Uh, okay, before weird. we wrap up the superstitions talk on Friday the thirteenth, do we all agree baseball is the most superstitious sport out of all of them? Or does by hockey like compete? A lot. No, I yeah. feel like hockey fans like a are lot. very superstitious. I feel like even Avs fans, like I remember being at the bar and being like, oh God, no, we can't, we can't release a shirt. What if they lose and it's happening and then Avs fans aren't going to come to the bar anymore? Like, <laughs> I, I would put hockey squarely as number two, but baseball's just on a completely different level of like, you, you talk about like sitting in the same spot when the Avs do well. There are people that have sat in the same spot in their life for like years for That's baseball true. teams. Like mm -hmm. you don't step on the left. foul lines, you know that yep. one. Yeah, I've never yep. stepped on a foul line in my life and all the baseball games <laughs> I've ever played. And again, it's not because I think if I do something bad's gonna happen, but it's like RK was saying earlier, I'm not gonna be the one guy. <laughs> you know, there's there's nine people taking the field, and I'm not gonna be the one dude that steps right on. I've seen a couple younger players, John Gray watched right on that thing, and I've actually thought about asking him about it before. <laughs> Like, why do you do that? Because oh. everyone else, guys, you watch them, they'll hop over it. Yep. Like, they're not going to step yeah. on the line. There, there's so many. The rally cap, mm. uh, you, you know, there's, there's the rally cap's gone too far. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Backwards no. is just fine. You don't no, have to invert upside out. down. It's just fun. Uh, no, it isn't hockey. even a rally cap. Hockey has the same thing where in the locker room you can't step on the, the logo. Logo. The logo, logo. Yeah, the logo. And I remember being so close covering my first Avs game, and I was like almost stepped on it. I was like, oh God. And people were staring at me, and I was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't step on it. Um okay. I was I was gonna talk about one more thing, but I forgot. What is Patrick saying? <laughs> That's the most Kirk baseball Wendell thing I've ever read. He used to brush his teeth between innings. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe he was just yeah. laying game out there in the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> We've got um someone in the comments saying if you go to the bathroom during a rally, you have to stay in the bathroom until the rally ends. <laughs> <is laughs> <over. laughs> Actually, yeah. In the bathroom during Back. I can't imagine why Harrison and AJ think people like us are crazy. <laughs> there are certain. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Super, I think I'm not certain superstitions. I just can't get over. I think my brothers were just being ridiculous growing up. Like my my grandma couldn't open the freezer when the Eagles were like winning or something, and I'm just like, no, grandma, you can. And she's like, they're gonna yell at me. I don't want. And I'm like, no, you can open the freezer. It's gonna be okay. That has no effect. 
Just on make up your own. <laughs> as soon as someone thinks it has an effect on something, it has an effect. Oh, goodness. So you would be telling my grandma, no, 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 don't yeah, go near that I would freezer. Be like, I'd be like, Abuela, no, like, <laughs> sorry, it just, we can't, you can't do that right now. You're going to have to wait to get those frozen strawberries or whatever you're looking for. Okay, uh, Patrick's in here talking about a few other superstitions. Wade, how do you say his last name? Wade Boggs. Boggs ate fried chicken before every game he played in the majors for 18 years. Jesus. Yeah. A lot of fried chicken. Gretzky's pregame meal was a hot dog for his entire career. It worked out for him. Yeah, pretty okay. This is proof that superstitions work, I would say. Okay. I think with that, we can move on to the NBA draft. But first, this Sunday will truly be a Sunday like no other with the weekend's major golf tournament, along with both professional and collegiate football. There will be no shortage of action. And DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, app, wants to put you in the center of the action with so many different ways to make it rain. If you haven't tried the app yet, head over to the App Store now because you don't want to miss on this crazy offer to celebrate Sunday's action. DraftKings is ensuring all new users covered up to $100. That's right. You bet they cover with risk-free Sunday, which means you're playing with house money. Literally, it's the best time to sign up. Ryan, what are a few good bets that the people should place once they use the code DNVR for that sign-up bonus? Man, putting me on the spot here. Um, Give us a quick master's little bet. Well, yeah. So I'm on Justin Thomas. He's looking pretty good. Tied for the lead right now. Uh, let me look at what the odds are here on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, which is the second the app that I put in the second most screen time on. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have a problem. Um, <laughs> see, JT, you can still get him at plus 550. Plus, you can get a 20% profit boost on that. So 20% of that, you can get that for uh, plus 660. Uh, six Ooh. to one odds on nice. my guy JT. So uh, that okay. uh, that's my that's my advice for you right now. Oh, hold on. We have some. Okay. I will get to that comment because that is funny in a second. Uh, Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. All you got to do is you bet, and they cover up to $100 when you use that promo code DNVR during sign-up. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Daisy here says, when my husband's team is losing, he starts cheering for the other team in hopes that the other team will start losing. Hey, Finding the common denominator. I love it. See that's that's the deep seated hatred <laughs> that only say, like, bring you. This guy thinks he's such a loser that he thinks that cheering for a certain team will make them lose. Like he's just like whatever I cheer for, it's gonna lose. So. <laughs> or I know I people that. who bet on the other team so that even if their mm-hmm. team loses, they make money on drafting sportsbook. That's um, like a we call that an emotional hedge. Okay. Uh, because, <laughs> because like you're trying to set it up so that you win no matter what Love even it. though you lose when you're lose your team loses well you your team loses but you win I money know, but still i guess people say like money is different but i can't set it aside i'm not gonna put money down for the cowboys no 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 um, so i can't do the emotional hedge i just i don't i don't have that heart for that um all right harrison the draft is coming up november 18th the nuggets have the 22nd pick what has this draft been like like i said this is the first time where the draft class didn't finish their last year um didn't finish their season at school so it's a bit different teams don't have a chance to see as much film on some of these guys so how has that been while you're um looking at prospects yeah, for me, um, it's kind of been like you're cramming for a test because there hasn't been that much time to look over these guys from when the playoffs ended until now. Uh, but for teams and just like talking to people that work with the Nuggets, it's almost like paralysis by analysis is a phrase a lot of guys like to use where they've just been looking at the same stuff for uh, weeks and weeks and months and months and 
you know, you don't want what you see now to make your opinion change from what you thought in March. And uh, so it, it's been a tough draft to analyze from that respect. And also because like the, the draft, the talent in this draft is just pretty underwhelming. Yeah, there uh, isn't so like that guy that like Zion. There isn't like that guy like Zion last year, right? Like the first pick could be traded or there could be some drama going on there. Yeah, nobody really wants these picks at the top of the draft. Everybody's trying to trade down, it seems like. But the the talent in this draft is really in like the 12 or the 10 to 23, 25 range. So the Nuggets are actually in a good spot. And, you know, everything you hear from them is we think we'll be able to get a good player at 22. So I know there's been like a lot of talk about them potentially trading up. Uh, I'd be surprised if that happens. I think they – really believe they'll find somebody they like at 22. What position do you think they'll be looking for in that 22nd spot? I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, got a big man because if you look at their front court, there's some question marks. Uh, like, yes, you've got Nikola Jokic. Uh, it seems like they're going to bring back Jeremy Grant, or at least that's where all signs are pointing to. Paul Millsap's a free agent. Mason Plumley's a free agent. Uh, so they could use that pick to replenish their front court. And a couple guys, you know, they could look at a precious Achua out of Memphis, um, a Xavier Tillman out of Michigan State, and Isaiah Stewart out of Washington. Uh, so there's some depth there in, in the front court. And I think one of those guys would definitely be there at 22. What do you think of, uh, of Stewart? Because a lot of Nuggets fans I've seen online – wouldn't like that pick. I remember watching him at Washington last year and I was, like I legitimately thought he was a fifth year senior who like transferred from a JUCO <laughs> because he's um he's just a full grown man and I looked down at my program and I'm like this kid's a true freshman eight he's yeah. eighteen years old. Yeah. He's eighteen years old this college season. Um I, I don't think people are like that excited about Stewart talking about Nuggets fans. Just because like he's not this like flashy, super athletic, like big name prospect. But I mean, he's like, he could be like an NBA modern day garbage man. He's like not afraid to, to do the dirty work. He bangs really hard in the glass. He's like a great rebounder. He's super strong, obviously. He's just like a brick wall in the post. Like he could defend NBA post players right now. Um, and he just like plays super hard. He's got a great motor. So I like Stewart. I think the Nuggets like him too. Uh, 22 would probably be like the earliest he could go. I don't think he'll, he'd get taken before that. Um, the other thing that you wonder about him is like in college, yeah, he he was pretty good defensively. Uh, he's super strong. He was like a old school back to the basket big uh, primarily, especially on the offensive end. Like he just got his offense off of post-ups and that's not really where the NBA is trending. Um, so he'll have to develop his jumper a little bit more. He didn't like shoot any threes in college, but just looking at him and just watching him shoot, I, I think he'll be able to shoot the ball at the next level, with just kind of more practice, having more reps. So, uh, I, I think it'd be a solid pick. Like, I don't think he's going to be, you know, an all-star, but I, I think he'll be like a guy who plays 10 years in the league. Are there any, but is there anyone in this draft who falls into the MPJ or bull bull, you know, mold that the nuggets have been following these last couple of years? It's, it's interesting. I think you could make a case that uh, Cole Anthony would fall into that mold. Uh, the point guard out of North Carolina, because like he has been a top, you know, rated recruit his entire high school career but didn't really have a great season at North Carolina, had some injuries. Um, I'd just be surprised if they made that pick because I don't really think they need like a score first point guard like that. I think they've already got that guy. If you're thinking about like an ultra high upside pick, uh, Alexi Pokashevsky, the Serbian kid, that, uh, that's number one on my draft board. Um, he is the ultimate high risk, high reward pick. Because he could be great. He could be like a, a starter, a seven-foot guy who can shoot threes, who can dribble, who can pass like a guard. But I also think there's a downside where he could be like out of the league in five years. So he'll probably go in like the 15 or the 12 to 20 range. 
I feel like the worst case scenario with him for the Nuggets is that he's just Jokic's best friend and, <laughs> you know, plays like this, the Wancho role. Oh, that'd be the perfect scenario because he's not a guy who's going to play next year, like maybe even the year after. He's got to play in the G League a lot. So if it's just like him, Jokic, and Vlatko as like yeah. a, a well, trio. Three amigos. <laughs> yeah, like that'd be perfect, I think. That'd be perfect. Harrison, how likely is it that the Nuggets are involved in a trade the day of the draft? So there's been some talk about them trading up, and my read on it is that that's probably a deal to acquire a better draft pick to then flip for Drew Holiday. Like, I can't see the Nuggets trading up to 10 overall and taking a guy at 10. Uh, That'd be surprising to me Um, because whoever they take, I I don't think is probably going to, like, be in the rotation next season. Uh, so I could see them trading up, but then trading that pick for Drew Holiday, who you know could get dealt on draft night. So that would be a scenario I could see happening if they did trade up. What do you think going into the college side of things and the buffs, what do you think of Tyler Bay? What do you think of his chances of going in that first or second round are? Yeah, I'd like Bay. I think he's got a good chance of going in the first round, like, the tail end of the first round, like 25 to 30-ish. he definitely get picked up in the second round if he doesn't go. Um, It's funny, like, a lot of people like to compare him to Andre Robertson. And, you know, I I can see that comparison. I I think there's a lot there because, like Robertson, Bay was a big man at CU who's probably going to play, like, on the wing at the NBA level. Like, he's probably going to be a shooting guard or a small forward like Robertson was. Uh, but I think he's got a little more offensive potential than than Andre did for sure. We're just looking at his jumper and um, just kind of his ultimate offensive ceiling. So I like Bay. Um, I think he'll definitely need like a year of development work, just kind of transitioning from being a big man to being a perimeter guy. But I like him. I think he can be a legitimate like defender. Uh, at the next level, he wasn't as good. At, he left a little bit to be desired from an on-ball defense standpoint while he was at CU. But he, there's no reason why he can't be a good on-ball defender in the NBA. He has every tool. So I'd say that that's one thing that Dre did a little bit of a better job at uh, at CU. Um, but I completely agree with you in terms of his offensive upside. Like he started knocking down threes last year. He had, you know, he loved a little mid-range jumper when it was wide open. Um, yeah. I think that he can be he can be a legit NBA player, and I actually, you know, after he posted that insane vertical, I think he might actually go in the first round just because of that athleticism. Yeah, he's definitely got a shot to go in the first round for sure. We of course will be doing another DNVR Draft Day live on Wednesday for the Nuggets and the NBA. It's going to be so much fun. If all goes according to plan, we will be having a watch party here at the bar. And it's just going to be a fun night talking nuggets, talking basketball, um, some awesome graphics, videos, all of that great stuff that we've done for the other three drafts. I can't believe this will be like our last draft out of the major sports. We've done so many during this eight-month period. But definitely check that out. Um, A lot of hard work going into it, and it's going to be so much fun. Wednesday, November 18th at 5 o'clock. You can find it on YouTube, Periscope, and most likely Facebook as well. So definitely check that out. Before we talk some Broncos and a little more um, college sports, i got to tell you guys about Green Mountain Dental Group. They, Our sales director, Lindsay, got her wisdom teeth removed from there. I know you guys know the drill. She loved it. It was such a great experience for her, one of the best dentist experience she's had. And that's so important when you're taking care of your teeth that you actually like the people who are working in your mouth. You know, it's a painful procedure. Our Michaela Perkins, our social director, just went to another dentist um, back home, and it was a painful experience. You want to have people you trust in your corner, and Green Mountain Dental Group is that. Ruto, were you going to say something? Did you say they know the drill? I was not doing yeah. about the Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, I didn't mean to. It no. Was- Unintentional. How dare you apologize for such a brilliant use of wordplay? No, I will apologize because I don't like puns. Anyways. <laughs> apologize. Yeah, apologize for that. I, seriously. 
<laughs> Anyways, the best part about Green Mountain Dental Group is that you get something free when you go. Schedule cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you will receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Don't forget to tag us or tweet at us when you go. Um, they are great partners of ours, so we really appreciate supporting them. It supports us. And don't forget, if you get a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you will get a free Sonicare toothbrush, and those electric toothbrush are a game changer. Um, so definitely check out Green Mountain Dental Group today. Maybe uh, Patrick can let us know if Turk Wendell was using a Sonicare toothbrush uh, in between the <laughs> Right. No. I'm going to guess. That that wouldn't, he would know. That, that might have been a little after Turk's time. Surely <laughs> in the I 1920s, guess. Yeah. electronic toothbrushes were common. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, Ryan. He did the not know the up. drill. The Broncos take uh, – oh, yep, Patrick <laughs> is, is – he was using a Sonic. <laughs> of that course. That is correct. Yeah. Patrick Lyons is also a liar. It's important <laughs> to understand this. I mean, his last name literally says Lion right in it. <laughs> it's right there. Oh, right no. Okay. Uh, I like that one, Alex. I don't like it at all. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, the Broncos take on the Raiders this weekend. They are – the spread right now, they're plus four. The Broncos are plus four. How do you feel about that? Not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was this, a bad week. <laughs> this will be the first uh, week all season that I'll be picking against the Broncos on the spread. Um, I'm five and three picking for them on the spread, but the Broncos are three and five in those games. You know, superstition. I need to change up the juju a little bit. Um, but – I also just – I'm so worried about this defense. Uh, they're not getting Shelby Harris back. So their defense will have zero of their opening day starters on the defensive line. Um, they luckily will get A.J. Boye and Bryce Callahan back, which is nice. But, you know, you hate to admit it, the, the Raiders under John Gruden have built a really balanced football team. Um, and – you can take away the run and Derek Carr will use the short passing game. You can take away the short passing game and Derek Carr all of a sudden is starting to hit deep balls at a really good rate. So it's a difficult defense. It's a difficult offense to stop in the first place. And the Broncos are getting up 30 points in three straight weeks. Um, so I just don't know if I trust that defense to get the job done on Sunday, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and because of that, I'm taking the Raiders. I think they end up winning by like a touchdown. I think the offense plays a better game for the Broncos this week. Um, and, you know, a little bit more consistent, not trying to do all of their work in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, but in the Remind end, a little bit about Tebow. <laughs> yes, it, there have been some Tebow vibes going around. Um, but in the end, I just don't I, I just worry about that defense, especially with, you know, a depleted defensive line. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a really good running back. And um, if you're not able to take that away, then these Raiders are going to have a heyday. Drew, we had Drew in the crease for or Drew Creaseman in the crease for the abs. Now we're going to just do Drew. Talking about Drew. Drew on Drew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rough week for Drews. Uh, uh, I will not lose the faith. I will keep the faith in Drews. Um, you know, it's 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 tough to be a quarterback of an NFL team, from what I understand correctly, and even tougher to be a quarterback for a team that has as its GM one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And a bunch of fans that, as they explained to me last week when I was not so happy with them booing their own team, that they expect to win. And every week, uh, every single week. And they don't have time for young players to develop and learn how to play. And it, it you know, it's it's a little different. I get it. And I'm more inclined because I'm a baseball guy and it takes guys seven years to, well to develop. <laughs> and you just have to wait. And, and it's kind of understood. And, you know, I, I don't know. I see a, there's obviously so much to like in the intangibles category. Drew, Drew Locke, the, the tangibles are up and down week to week right now. And there is that the product of the, the kid just being – young or or does he not have it and at some point you know somebody smarter than me is going to have to make that decision but i 
I see no reason as a fan, which is what I am in this instance, to bail on this kid who's got so much more potential. This is one of the things I look at a lot of times in baseball or whatever, you know, when people get frustrated over this young player, Brendan Rodgers, as an example, isn't getting it done right now. I want to see everything that he can do right now. Let's, but he's not doing it. So let's get rid of him or let's, let's go to something safer and boring and let's get a veteran in here. Like really is, is what, do you want Joe Flacco back <laughs> as a quarterback of your football team? Or the real want, sleepy Joe. Right. You, you, <laughs> straight up. Like you want that same guy, like some dude out there who could be the 17th best quarterback in the NFL every single week. That, that whole, is that topic. better? It's so weird to me because the team that I cover is just exiting a decade of failure because they failed to develop quality prospects. So yep. I just don't understand that thinking process at all. The the yeah. lack of patience and I think, you know, just our society as a whole in today's day and age is so, mm-hmm. so much about uh, instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's so many examples across the league of situations where patience was required. The perfect example would be Derek Carr. And a lot of people want to say, like, Derek Carr is not good. And, like, that's not what we should be aiming for. He's not good enough. And, like, whatever. You can go down that road if you want. But if you just looked at Derek Carr's stats and stripped him away from the player, you would say, like, I want that for my quarterback. Uh, Derek Carr had a worse first 11 games of his career than Drew Locke has had. Uh, So – and he was also a second-round draft pick, just like Drew Locke, which is usually where guys who are more of projects end up getting drafted at the quarterback position. Um, so there's a there's a lot that goes into developing a quarterback. I know – I understand why Broncos fans are so impatient because they're looking around and they see, like, Patrick Mahomes just walked on the field and won MVP. And then yeah. they see – uh, you know, Justin Herbert just walked on the field and he's putting the Chargers, uh, you know, he's putting points on the board for them every week. And all of a sudden you're just, it, it feels like you're climbing this massive mountain because you look around you and there's such good quarterback play, but it just, that's not how it works. Quarterback development is not linear. Uh, it's not predictable uh, beyond too much. And so you, with a guy like Drew Locke, who has the arm strength, who has the intangibles, who has the ability to be everything you're looking for in a quarterback, you have to at least give it a chance to play itself out. You have to give it a chance to play it itself out. And uh, I think a lo- most Broncos fans understand that, like, at the very least, Drew Locke needs the rest of this season just with patience to see what he can do. But I'm actually of the belief that's that's not even enough time for us to truly find out about Drew Locke. Unfortunately for Drew Locke, that's not the way the NFL works anymore. Uh, and so he does have to show something by the time this year, you know, this year is over. And that, that's a long ways away. Like it feels like the weeks are going by so fast, but this team still has eight more games. They still have half of their season in front of them. Uh, and, uh, and he's got a chance to, to figure it out. He and Pat Shermer, who I think has been a big part of the problem uh, so far, have to get on the same page uh, and figure out a way to, Get some catch some lightning in a bottle and show John Elway and the rest of the you know the brass with the Broncos that that Drew Lock should be the guy moving forward. I also think Broncos fans have done a lot of waiting already in that quarterback position, and I think that's why they're so impatient. You look at Trevor Simeon, Joe Flacco, Case Keenum, Paxton Lynch. There's so many quarterbacks that they're like, is this guy going to be the guy? Are we going to win some games? And it hasn't happened that way and it's I can understand why it's been so frustrating but young quarterbacks need time to develop and um, that's something that we talked about in the turning point with Matt McChesney this week it's a really good uh, few videos so I would definitely check it out on YouTube or Periscope Um, he talked about Pat Shermer having a lot to do with Drew Locke as well as this offensive line not giving him as much time and that's definitely something Drew could change Drew can change the play audible out of it read the coverage a little better, but he needs help from his offensive line. He needs time to develop. It's just a slower process. And I understand why Broncos fans just want to get their quarterback and get going, but it's just, it doesn't work that way normally. I I mean, you say they've waited a long time and yes, again, in an instant gratification world, five years is a long time, 
look around the league at places yeah. who have gone decades and decades without a quarterback. We're talking, you know, these aren't the, the, the places that you aspire to be. But, you know, look at the Browns. Look at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, these are places that have been struggling to find, uh, uh, you know, a, a franchise quarterback for decades on end. So while five years feels like a long time, uh, it's never going to be easy to replace a guy like Peyton Manning. It, it took a long time to replace John Elway. And, you know, Jake Plummer was probably the closest to being able to do it. And he, even he got run right out of town for a rookie. So, you know, you didn't really replace John Elway until you got Peyton Manning. And that's two of the five best quarterbacks of all time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's not going to be it's not going to be fun around here if that's the standard because getting having three of the five best quarterbacks of all time, or even three of the 10 best quarterbacks of all time, is highly unlikely. Uh, and it's going to be a, a really tough and probably going to be a long time before the Broncos find another quarterback of that caliber. All right, guys, Rudo, Drew, Harrison, how do you feel about the spread? Are you going to listen to Ryan and take the Raiders? Or are you feeling optimistic for Drew and the Broncos? Let's start with you, Drew. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain from betting on this particular football game. I think I'm gonna get destroyed last week. I said that on this very show. Um, there is a part of me that wonders, that senses a little something in there that they could do a thing. But am I gonna put any money on that? No, they're they're gonna they're probably gonna lose, and they're probably not gonna cover. But I don't know. I, 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 I didn't, optimistic. I didn't say yeah. bet on the Raiders. I, I, I would never, <laughs> I would never tell anyone to do that. Like, I want to make I sure apologize. these words never came out of my mouth so everyone understands. Uh, but no, I, it doesn't look good. All right, Rudo, what about you? I haven't picked the Broncos yet, so I'm going to stick to my no, superstition. That's not how that works. You have to change the juju. <laughs> no, I don't need to change. The only juju I'm changing is maybe I'll, I'll do what the chat said and start rooting for the oh, Raiders. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but the, yeah, then you have to bet on the Raiders. <laughs> All right, Harrison, what about you? Yeah, I'll take RK's advice. I mean, the injuries, it, it's all just trending in the wrong direction. It, it, it It's not raining, it's pouring right now. I didn't, it, I didn't even mention I didn't even mention the fact that the Broncos are likely to start their fifth string yeah. right tackle most teams Ooh. most you, like you don't have a fifth string yeah. until you have to have a fifth string uh so it's it's uh it's not fun uh to to be that far down the depth chart it's uh it's ugly out there because of all these injuries and that's definitely something that has to be taken into account definitely. that won't be for most fans um uh, but you know this team is is like one tenth of what they could be if they were healthy it is crazy. I know we saw a lot of that with the Avs. The Avs dealt with so many injuries during the season, but with the season, the hockey season being so much longer than football, every single game, there's some games that, you know what, you were like, all right, they're going to lose this game. They need to get Miko back. They need to get this or that. That isn't possible really with football, with the amount of injuries this team has. And then seeing Albert O out for the season after he was doing so well with Drew, real connection going there. Albert O. Quehunam. Let me get let me get that right. Not just Albert O. Wow. Um, yeah. Practice. Hey, hey. I practice it, so I got to get it in there. But it's so easy to just say Albert O. But it's such a bummer to see that news this week, and it's just like the Broncos can't catch a break with these injuries. And, again, it's like watching – the abs season again with the abs not being able to catch a break and it's just uh the difference is like the abs were a championship caliber team and championship caliber teams can absorb this the broncos were a playoff caliber team if they if things went right for them if things went right for them and when everything goes wrong and you know like that that's a little bit of hyperbole but we're talking about losing your best offensive player, your best defensive player, you know, your 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 highest paid offensive player in Jawan James. You go down the list, the the injuries that this team has withstood uh, is just not really uh, a slate of injuries that any team could withstand, other than the ones who are championship caliber. <laughs> Patrick in here in the comments saying Rudolph already shaved his head to change the juju. Don't make him 
have to pick the writers <laughs> too. I, look, I'm I'm moving up in life. All right. Yesterday it was Bobby Hill and Sinead O'Connor, and today I got <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Hill is so good. Today I got Portman from V for the Vendetta, so that's definitely an improvement. Like, I'll never be able to get Bobby Hill out of my head now. Oh, my God. oh goodness, Lindsay in here in the comments too saying I still can't believe that Ru- that's Rudo and Kale says same Lindsay. Patrick over here saying Bobby Hill is perfect. Oh. Oh, goodness. And yes, wow. Patrick, I'm not going to read any of the puns you wrote in the comments. <laughs> no. All right. We're not doing that. Before we close out the show and let you guys continue to enjoy your Friday, I need your help. All these guys have their own podcast to promote for this podcast competition. It's just me. I need your help. For this week only, we're having a contest against the other DNVR team podcasts. Like I said, which fan bases buys the most DNVR memberships? I normally don't do well in these competitions because I've got all of these guys going up against me. So help me out. Use the code TDSP and you will get a free shirt of your choice from the DNVR locker, a free DNVR mask, and you'll also get a sticker pack with your order. You know, if you just love all Denver sports, you didn't want to choose just the Broncos, choose just the Avs, choose TDSP, and then you can get a Broncos shirt, an Avs sticker pack, a DNVR mask, and and you can help me out because it's a competition and i just don't want to lose so help your girl out go to dnvr the dmvr.com click on the join tab and select the annual pass and make sure you use the code tdsp when you sign up so we so i so us we get the credit um has patrick been a used car salesman in a past life or something <laughs> he's, he's Look doing at him job, in the comments using his code no patrick we're not telling the podcast listeners i wouldn't know anything about that <laughs> come hang out at the dmvr bar this weekend the tailgate will be back on sunday um be sure to watch that and have a wonderful weekend drink some breck brews and we'll see you guys next week peace